We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Episode 464 of the Al Galdi Podcast. It is Thursday, December 15th, 2022, and we are all San Francisco 49ers fans on Thursday night. 49ers head coach and former Redskins offensive coordinator Kyle Shanahan, Niners left tackle and former Skins left tackle Trent Williams, 49ers backup quarterback and former Skins quarterback Josh Johnson. Let's go Kyle. Let's go Trent. Let's go Josh uh, if he plays. Let's go Niners. The 9-4 and four Niners are at the 7-6 and six Seattle Seahawks on Thursday Night Football at 8-15. The 7-5-1 Commanders are the number six seed in the NFC and are in possession of the conference's second wildcard spot. The 7-6 Seahawks are the number eight team in the NFC and are on the outside looking in regarding the playoff picture. Whatever you think about Kyle and Trent, and I guess Josh, although who has a problem with Josh? He did a nice job for our skins in the 2018 season. Let's Go Niners! When your team is in the midst of a playoff push, you root for whomever you must root. You get in bed with whomever you must get in bed. Hello and welcome to this Thursday installment of the Al Galdi podcast. Of course, the Commanders have kind of a big game on Sunday night, home to the 7-5-1 New York Giants at FedEx Field on Sunday night football at 8-20. Our 7-5-1 Commanders win the tiebreaker with the 7-5-1 Giants based on best winning percentage in division games. So the Giants right now are the number seven seed in the NFC and are in possession of the conference's third wildcard spot. Coming up on the show, a lot on Commander's Giants as we on Wednesday had the practice week beginning in full force. Uh, Next segment, I'll talk Commander's offense, including a number of updates on injuries and key comments from head coach Ron Rivera and quarterback Taylor Heineke at post-practice press conferences on Wednesday, including Ron revealing the Commander's plan at center. Uh, Taylor discussing why 
he's not running more. Uh, boy, is that something that uh, I've wondered about. I'm guessing that you have wondered about as well. And Ron providing a mea culpa regarding receiver Curtis Samuel. Wait until you hear this. Uh, and then the following segment, I'll get into what to expect from the crowd at FedEx Field on Sunday night. Off comments from Taylor and Ron, and I'll discuss the commander's defense, including injury updates on multiple key commander's defensive players. Among them, edge defender Chase Young. Will he, on Sunday night, make his 2022 season debut? You will hear not just from Ron, but also from Chase. Uh, also on the show, <laughs> bad games for the Wizards and Maryland late night on Wednesday night. Uh, the Wizards lost their eighth consecutive game, a 141-128 loss at the Denver Nuggets, who finished with, are you ready for this, 98 points in the paint. Yes, 98 points in the paint. Great defense, Wizards. The damn Washington Wizards. Thank you, Stephen A. Smith. And yes, the Wizards are all kinds of banged up right now. Uh, they on Wednesday night were without Bradley Beal and Chris Amps Porzingis and Rui Hachimura and DeLon Wright. But geez, 98 points in the paint. You can't do better than allowing the Nuggets to scorch you to the tune of 98 points in the paint. Uh, the Wizards got destroyed by Nikola Jokic. The Wizards got destroyed by the Joker on Wednesday night, and that was no joke. Uh, also getting destroyed on Wednesday night, uh, number 20, Maryland. Uh, the Terrapins lost their third consecutive game, an 87-60 loss to number 16, UCLA, at Xfinity Center in College Park, Maryland. Uh, if you have been a Maryland fan for a while, this game was reminiscent of Maryland-UCLA in the 2000 NCAA tournament. Uh, but I will talk Wizards and Terps later in the show of some rough performances on Wednesday night. Before we get to some feedback, uh, we had the NFL's league meeting in Irving, Texas, the last two days, Tuesday and Wednesday, aka owners' meetings in Irving, Texas, the last two days. Uh, we on Wednesday did have various comments regarding Commander's co owner and co CEO Dan Snyder and the team's ownership situation. There was a lot said. Most of it, to be honest, wasn't new and doesn't advance the story in any meaningful way. As I have said, you know, I'm trying to pace myself. We're trying to pace ourselves with all of the Dan Snyder stuff, especially with the commanders in the midst of a playoff push. Like, I just want to focus on that which really matters instead of getting sucked into every little minutiae item that comes up. Uh, but for instance, Indianapolis Colts owner and CEO Jim Ursay on Wednesday again spoke regarding Dan, but Ursay was a lot more guarded this time as compared to when he in a session with reporters on October 18th at the NFL Fall League meeting in Manhattan, New York, became the first NFL owner to publicly question whether Dan Snyder should remain as an owner of the Commanders. Uh, NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell did a press conference on Wednesday, got asked a good bit about the Commanders, but did not say much. Here's what you need to know. The reporting from Wednesday was that it is looking like Dan is selling the entirety of the Commanders. And that, of course, is excellent news 
Uh, but Sports Business Insider, A.J. Perez of Front Office Sports, uh, had him on this podcast uh, for this past Friday's show, episode 460. Uh, A.J. on Wednesday reported that multiple NFL owners told him privately that they expect Dan Snyder to sell at least a controlling interest in the Commanders. Uh, The Washington Post on Wednesday reported that Bank of America is about to release the prospectus on the commanders to qualified potential buyers. Uh, Sources told the Post that while it's not certain that Dan Snyder will sell the entire team, the sources believe that that outcome is most likely Judy Batista, a reporter slash columnist for NFL Network and NFL.com. She on NFL Network on Wednesday cited three sources as saying, quote, the expectation here is the team will be sold, and the belief is that it will be sold in full, end quote. These reports are what mattered the most from Wednesday. The reporting on the sale of the commanders continues to be that Dan, aka the Danny, aka Danny Boy, is headed toward no longer being a majority owner of the team. The greatness of this development cannot be overstated. Uh, You can tweet me at Al Galdi. You can email me, the Al Galdi podcast at yahoo.com. I have gotten several inquiries regarding whether I'll be attending Commander's Giants at FedEx Field this Sunday night. A tweet from District Sports Talk. Hey, Al, what will it take for you to go to FedEx for a game. I know you used to do shows at FedEx, but as a fan in the stands. Uh, email from Dr. CCB writes the good doctor, are you going to go to the game Sunday night or will you be home in your crib warm <laughs> and comfortable? My aunt and I will be there. As you know, we are season ticket holders. Would love to meet you if you come out. Uh, thank you for that, doctor. Would love to meet you too. And you must have an outstanding auntie. Uh, so yeah, you know, I'm not against going to games at FedEx Field or anything like that. It's just hard with my schedule to go to games at FedEx Field because uh, the shows that I do for the days after Commander's Games are the most downloaded shows that I do, and uh, those are important shows, and getting a show for the day after a Commander's Game out nice and early the following morning uh, would be difficult if I went to the game, and and basically impossible if the game is a primetime game as this game this Sunday night is. But I've been to FedEx Field many times. Uh, as District Sports Talk noted, uh, I used to do shows from FedEx Field. Uh, I did the official Redskins postgame show for the 2015 season from FedEx Field. Uh, I've done shows from FedEx Field on the Saturdays of NFL drafts, and I've been to games at FedEx Field as a fan. In fact, the last regular season game at FedEx Field that I went to as a fan was a Redskins-Giants game. Uh, December 30th, 2006, a 34-28 Skins loss to the Giants. Giants running back and Virginia product Tiki Barber, 23 carries for 234 yards at three touchdowns in one of the single greatest performances by a running back that I've ever seen and the perfect capper to a horrendous season for that 2006 Redskins defense. A tweet from Ish Jones on the commander's readiness for this Sunday night's game against the Giants. Writes Ish, the commanders are going to come out and rip the Giants' heads off. I'm telling you, Ron and Jack 
have these guys fired up. Plus, we've got leaders who have played in big games before. John Allen, Deron Payne, Terry McLaurin. Winners, I can't wait. Uh, thank you for the tweet-ish. Uh, I cannot wait either. What I'm about to say doesn't necessarily mean anything for this Sunday night, but what I'm about to say stands out if you've been a fan of the team for a little while. Washington, with Ron Rivera as its head coach, is 5-1 and one in primetime regular season games. Yeah, 5-1. and one. For how long did we talk about how bad the Redskins were in primetime games, especially Monday night games. Well, Washington, with Ron Rivera as its head coach, is 5-1 in primetime regular season games. Uh, January 3rd, 2021, the 2014 win at the Philadelphia Eagles on Sunday night football to win the NFC East. September 16th, 2021, the 30-29 walk-off win over the New York Giants at FedEx Field on Thursday night football. November 29th, 2021, the 17-15 win over the Seattle Seahawks at FedEx Field on Monday Night Football. December 26th, 2021, uh, we did have the loss, uh, the uh, 56-14 loss at the Dallas Cowboys on Sunday Night Football, but October 13th, 2022, the 12-7 win at the Chicago Bears. Now, yes, that was a win that felt like a loss, but that still was a win. And November 14th, 2022, the 32-21 win at the Philadelphia Eagles on Monday Night Football. Uh, What had been a kryptonite for Washington, the prime time game, has been a strength for the team with Ron Rivera as its head coach. We'll see if that trend continues this Sunday night. Well, a trend right now in the Washington, D.C. area real estate market is that now actually is a sneaky good time to buy a home in the D.C. area. Prices are coming down. Moody's Analytics is predicting an overall year-to-year housing price decline of 6% nationally and about a 10% fall from the price peak this past June. Housing prices are falling. Now's actually a very good time to buy a home, even with the increases in mortgage rates. Uh, You can always refinance when the rates come down, and they will. If you are looking to buy a home in the Washington, D.C. area, contact real estate agent Kellen Hunt. Visit CloseItWithKell.com. That's CloseItWithKell, K-E-L-L.com. Book a call with Kellen Hunt to discuss your real estate needs and make sure that you tell Kell that Al Galdi sent you. Kellen Hunt understands the current market, but he's not just some know-it-all. He is here for you to listen to you, to hear what you want, and then determine the best way of going about getting you what you want, no matter your age or situation in life. His website says it all, closeitwithkell.com. Kellen Hunt is a closer. Kellen Hunt will close you buying the home that you want, and Kellen Hunt is willing to put a portion of his commission back in your pocket. Yes, you the buyer. Get a piece of the action if you are looking to buy a home in the Washington, D.C. area. If anyone who you know is looking to buy a home in the Washington, D.C. area, the name to know is Kellen Hunt. Take advantage of the current marketplace with Kellen Hunt. Visit CloseItWithKell.com. That's CloseItWithKell, K-E-L-L.com. Book your call with Kellen Hunt to discuss your real estate needs and make sure that you tell Kell that Al Galdi sent you.
Well, we on Wednesday got the first injury report for the 7-5-1 Commanders big game against the 7-5-1 New York Giants at FedEx Field on Sunday Night Football at 8-20. The bad news is that the report listed 12 Commanders players, uh, despite the team coming off a bye. The good news is that the report listed zero Commanders players as having not practiced. Uh, There are three designations on an NFL injury report in terms of practice. DNP, as in did not practice, limited, as in limited in practice, and full, as in a full participant in practice. Uh, Well, Wednesday's injury report listed zero commanders players as having not practiced. There were zero commanders DNPs. Uh, So good news there. Next segment, I'll talk commanders defense right now, commanders offense, uh, seven of the 12 Commanders players on Wednesday's injury report were offensive players. Maybe the most significant item was the one Commanders offensive player on the injury report who was listed as a full participant in practice, Samuel Cosme. Uh, He and the tie at the New York Giants in Week 13 suffered a sprained ankle, but Cosby on Wednesday was a full participant in practice. Uh, Cosby for that tie at the Giants was the commander starting right guard because Trey Turner was inactive due to knee and ankle ailments. Uh, Trey was listed as a limited participant in practice on Wednesday, and he was listed as only dealing with a knee issue. Uh, Left guard Andrew Norwell was listed as a limited participant in practice on Wednesday due to a shoulder. Running back Ryan Robinson Jr. was listed as a limited participant in practice on Wednesday due to a quad. Running back Antonio Gibson was listed as a limited participant in practice on Wednesday due to a foot. Uh, Gibson, for the tie at the Giants, played despite being questionable for the game due to that foot injury. Uh, He had nine carries for 39 yards and two receptions for 20 yards on four targets and playing on 49% of the commander's offensive snaps. Uh, Receiver Cam Sims was listed as a limited participant in practice on Wednesday due to his back, and receiver Dax Milne was listed as a limited participant in practice on Wednesday due to the foot injury that has had him inactive for each of the commander's last two games. Meantime, Giants head coach Brian Dable on Wednesday said that safety Xavier McKinney will miss a sixth consecutive game due to a hand injury. Uh, A Giants defensive player to be monitoring is corner of Dory Jackson. Uh, he on Wednesday did not practice due to a knee injury that has caused him to miss each of the Giants' last three games. But even with the Giants' secondary missing some key players, the Giants' defense is a concern for the Commanders from this perspective. The pass rush. The Commanders in their tie at the Giants allowed the Giants to finish with five sacks and 10 quarterback hits. The Giants' pass rush was a problem for the Commanders in that game. Uh, The Commanders' top two centers now are on the reserve injured list. The Commanders on Monday placed Tyler Larson on the reserve injured list due to an injured right knee that he suffered in the tie at the Giants. Uh, This as the Commanders' number one center, Chase Roulier, remains on the reserve injured list. He's been on that since September 20th due to a right knee injury that he suffered in the loss at the Detroit Lions in Week 2. Commander's head coach Ron Rivera did a post-practice press conference on Wednesday afternoon. This was Ron on the team's situation at center. Well, we moved uh, West to to center. Um, You know, he was was starting for us at one point. And, um, you know, it's good to have him back. It really is. You know, he played well last week when he had to go in and, uh, and, and, play guard for us. Uh, now, you know, he's going to an opportunity to get him back to center, which is, I, I think, a, a great spot for him. Smart football player, good football player. So uh, he came back at a good time for us.
All right, so some news right there. Wes Schweitzer is set to be the commander starting center on Sunday night, as opposed to Nick Martin. Uh, Schweitzer in the tie at the Giants replaced Sam Cosme at right guard when Cosme got hurt, and so Martin ended up playing at center when Tyler Larson got hurt. It was just the day before the tie at the Giants that the commanders activated Schweitzer to the 53-man roster. Uh, He had been on the reserve injured list since October 1st due to a concussion that he suffered in the loss to the Philadelphia Eagles at FedEx Field in Week 3. Yes, Schweitzer was on the reserve injured list from October 1st to December 3rd due to a concussion. Rod Rivera on Wednesday afternoon on if he worries about Wes Schweitzer given this significant concussion that he suffered in Week 3. I do worry about him, you know, just because, but he did play, you know, half a game last week, which was good. So it's kind of like building it back up for, through training camp, um, you know, when you're in the preseason. But the nice thing about it too is, is Wes is a very conscientious young man. You know, he did a lot of work, you know, while he was, while he was, um, you know, in, in the protocol going through what he, he goes through and that. Um, and he stayed in shape. He really did. I mean, he came back. He was in tremendous physical shape. Uh, and, and it's good to see him back healthy and good to see him back out there playing. Yes, it is. Uh, Now, with the Giants' pass rush, uh, the Giants for the 2022 regular season through Week 14 for Sport Radar are number one in the NFL uh, by miles in blitz percentage at 41.5 and are number five in the NFL in pressure percentage at 24. Commanders quarterback Taylor Heineke did a post-practice press conference on Wednesday afternoon. This was Taylor on the difficulty in facing the Giants' defensive front. Yeah, so um, they have a bunch of different looks, uh, and a bunch of different exotic looks too, and they bring a bunch of different exotic blitzes. Um, so you have to be you have to be aware of where the line's going, you know, where you're hot. Um, you have to know all that on every single play. So yeah, it can get difficult at times, but at the same time, there's a trade off to that. You know, they sometimes they do that and they get out of place. Um, so it's it's all about execution. You know, if you're on it, uh, you know what you're supposed to do. Get the ball out quick. Um, you know, we should be fine. Well, Taylor Heineke knows all about the Giants' pass rush, uh, given the pounding that our guy Tay-Tay took in that tie at the Giants. A particularly bad hit came at overtime. Uh, The commander's second offensive drive of overtime resulted in a three and out. The first snap of the drive on a first and 10 for the commanders at their 10. Edge defender Kayvon Thibodeau came in unblocked for a sack at Taylor Heineke. For an eight-yard loss, uh, this play nearly resulted in a game-ending safety. Fibido was not blocked at all by left tackle Charles Leno Jr. due to what appeared to be the wrong protection call by center Nick Martin. And this was a big part of why I wanted Wes Schweitzer as the commander's starting center for this Sunday night. Uh, Rod Rivera on Wednesday afternoon got asked about the commander's offensive line facing the Giants' pass rush. This was Ron's answer. Well, I think the biggest thing is we just got to make sure we can communicate in terms of uh, what the protections are and, and, you know, anytime they have to run stunts or anytime they're running pressures, we've got to be able to pick them up and handle them. Very notable that Ron Rivera mentioned offensive line communication and protection calls, right, given that overtime sack by Kayvon Thibodeau in Week 13. Uh, now, a mobile quarterback can neutralize a quality pass rush, right? But uh, Taylor Heineke, who is mobile, isn't running much. You know that Taylor, over seven games in this 2022 regular season, has just 67 rushing yards? Yeah, that's it. 
Uh, I do not like how rarely we see read option with Taylor at quarterback and how rarely he is presented as a run threat. There also, though, is what at times has appeared to be a reluctance on Taylor's part to scramble. Uh, I do wonder if he has been told not to run all that much. Uh, I know that he was told that at one point last season. Uh, Taylor's college head coach, former Old Dominion head coach Bobby Wilder, revealed that to us on this podcast last year. Uh, Taylor Heineke's lack of running is especially notable given that the Giants' starting quarterback, Daniel Jones, is a major run threat. Uh, The commanders in the tie at the Giants allowed Jones to have 12 carries for 71 yards. So Taylor Heineke, over seven games in this 2022 regular season, has 67 rushing yards. Daniel Jones, in just the tie with the Commanders in Week 13, had 71 rushing yards. Taylor Heineke on Wednesday afternoon on if seeing Daniel Jones have success as a runner at all compels Taylor to want to run more. Yeah, so I think, you know, obviously our game plans are different. You know, our offense game plan versus their offense game plan, and um, I'm sure they have more quarterback runs called for him. Um, And he does scramble when, you know, he needs to. Uh, For me, you know, when I'm watching him, I don't think I need to scramble more or anything like that. I kind of just try and stick to the game plan. Um, And if that opportunity arises, I'll I'll do it. Um, But for me, again, we have a lot of weapons. I'm just trying to get the ball in my hand, let them do the thing. And a commander's player who we, of course, do see run the ball a lot is running back Brian Robinson Jr. Uh, He, over the commander's last two games, has 39 carries for 201 yards and four receptions for 35 yards and a touchdown on five targets. We are seeing the emergence of Brian Robinson Jr. Ron Rivera on Wednesday afternoon did get asked about keeping Robinson fresh as his rookie season goes on. This was Ron's answer. Well, he missed the first four, so um, I, I think that you know that that he's now in a really good spot. Um, I think coming off of a week by really for him um, in his situation should really help benefit. I really do. I, I think that you know he handled those first four games that you know he was just doing the rehab stuff. I thought he handled them very very well uh, in terms of keeping himself focused, and and you know really there wasn't that that physical pounding he was taking although he was rehabbing and then as he as we got him back and we we slowly integrated him back into it he really kind of started to see he he wanted more and more and more um and i think that's really kind of where he is he just wants to continue to, to, to get better he wants to continue to work and he just continue he wants to continue to be out there as a football player Yeah, there's no doubt. The commander's offensive plan is to lean on Brian Robinson Jr. quite a bit uh, during this push for the playoffs over the team's final four regular season games. You know, there's an old school nature to all of this, right? Washington playing the Giants in a big December game. Washington leaning on its running game. You know, it's the 1980s slash early 1990s all over again. Uh, The forecast for Sunday night is for temperatures to be in the 30s, if not the 20s. Uh, Rod Rivera on Wednesday afternoon on if he and his coaching staff relish cold December conditions. We do. um, Just days like today, it's cold. Um, But the truth of the matter is we look forward to it just because we're an outside team. Uh, Grass is a big part of our element as well. And, And so, you know, 
we want to put ourselves in position so that later on, as we, you know, you know, you don't want to get too far ahead, but you know, but you want to be a a, a, a team that wins home field advantage in the playoffs because you want people to come and play in the elements. You want them to come, especially the teams that are coming from the west, the south, and from the domes. You want them to have to play in those elements, and and so it is special. Um, I think that's also part of why. Being able to run the ball well and efficiently uh, plays very well into what we want to do, especially this time of year. Yeah, again, no secret as to what the commanders are trying to do offensively. Run the ball a lot, set up manageable third downs, win the time of possession battle. A player who has been a sneaky good part of the commanders running game, in addition to being a key part of their passing game, is receiver Curtis Samuel. Uh, one of the most underrated and under-discussed aspects of this commander season to me is the season that Curtis Samuel is having. He has stayed healthy. He has been productive. Washington in March 2021 signed Curtis as an unrestricted free agent. He in the 2021 regular season played in a mere five of Washington's 17 games due to groin and hamstring injuries. Uh, the groin injury, of course, became this lingering and mysterious thing, and then We, on November 27th, 2021, had multiple reports that Curtis in June 2021 had undergone core muscle surgery. So it turned out that the groin injury was far more than just, you know, your rudimentary groin injury. Uh, But Curtis Samuel in this 2022 regular season has played in all 13 of the Commanders games. He's third on the team in yards from scrimmage at 744. He has a ball carrier, has done quite well. 31 carries for 188 yards and a touchdown, 6.06 yards per carry. Rod Rivera on Wednesday afternoon on the season that Curtis Samuel is having. I think it's been outstanding. It really has. You know, last year, you know, going through the surgery and, you know, we wanted to keep it quiet. We didn't want, you know, it out there and people constantly hammering on it. And it turned out to be the wrong thing. We should have just let everybody know right off the bat. He had, he had, he had to have surgery and he's rehabbing. It's going to take time. Um, I think we we got a little anxious and got ahead of ourselves, and that's on us. But he's handled it very well this year. He's he's responded. You know, he got into training camp, came into training camp. They had a ramp up program that they did with him, and he got ahead of it. And we had to slow him down, uh, and he accepted that, which was great. And then as it started to get where he could really take off, he did. Um, him being a big part of what we've done and the success we've had, I think, is what we envisioned when we when we brought him here last season. Unfortunately, it didn't work because of the injury. But now that he's healthy and watching his contribution, that's 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 what it's all about, is, is understanding that his skill set is very important to what we're doing offensively. So how about that from Rod Rivera on Wednesday afternoon? He admitted that the team made a mistake in keeping the surgery that Curtis Samuel underwent in June 2021 a secret. Uh, good for Ron for admitting to that. Uh, keeping that surgery a secret was a mistake and ended up making Curtis look bad, you know, made him look soft, uh, led to him getting ripped and mocked by people for being out for so long with a groin injury. Uh, once we found out about the surgery, uh, his situation last season made more sense. Uh, Here was Ron on Wednesday afternoon on the biggest impact that Curtis Samuel makes on the commander's offense, and then you'll hear a follow-up exchange with commander's insider Sam Fortier of the Washington Post. I think, you know, the potential that he may have the ball, he may get the ball. 
um, because when you start running all that jet motion, now there's always that chance for the jet sweep, or there's always a chance for him to end up back in the backfield, and, and now we can run downhill with them, we can flare them out, we can put them out into a route, or we can just bubble them from behind the line of scrimmage. Then he lines up in the slot, and, and, and now a linebacker is going to have to cover him with, you know, in zone, and now he can work off of that guy, or you put him out at the extra to the Z, and he's out wide on a corner that you know we feel he can run by, and you know we'll throw it deep to him. So just the potential that, that he brings, I think, is, is, is the impact that he makes. Has, has that versatility, especially horizontally, been more important because you guys haven't been able to throw downfield as much? Right. And, and, and what that does is it spreads and, and it stresses certain members of the defense. And that's what, one of the things that, you know, when, when you start seeing a guy go in motion and all of a sudden the defense starts to react and there's three or four guys moving – you know that's that that's now to your benefit because now this guy's he moves we move one guy they may maybe move four now all of a sudden somebody gets out of position and we hit it right you know it creates a creates a big play so sometimes that 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 horizontal movement is valuable yes it is and Curtis Samuel this season has been clutch uh the win at the Indianapolis Colts in week eight fourth quarter on a fourth and six for the Commanders at the Colts 48. Taylor Heineke, an 18-yard shotgun completion to Curtis Samuel. Uh, the tie at the Giants in Week 13, fourth quarter, next to last snap prior to the two-minute warning. Four and four for the Commanders at their 27. Taylor Heineke, a 20-yard shotgun completion to Curtis Samuel off Taylor scrambling to his left on a broken play. Taylor Heineke on Wednesday afternoon on his connection with Curtis Samuel on fourth downs. I like throwing to him in general. Um, anytime the ball's in Curtis's hands, it's very fun to watch. You know, he's he has the ability to to break one off at any moment. So um, I wouldn't say just fourth downs is you know where we're clicking, but um, he does have a knack of getting open, find that open spot. And again, if you give him the ball, you have full trust that he's going to catch it and get the yards he can. So um, he's he's continuing to do a great job out there. Yes, he is. Up next, some good and interesting stuff from Taylor Heineke and Ron Rivera on the expectations for the crowd at FedEx Field this Sunday night. And I'm talking commander's defense, including the latest on edge defender Chase Young on Sunday night, potentially, finally making his 2022 season debut. You will hear from Chase himself. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The Commanders, of course, are in the midst of a playoff push. No podcast or show covers the Commanders like this podcast does. And so now's a great time to advertise on the Al Galdi podcast. If you would like to advertise your business or practice on the pod and reach thousands of people every episode and utilize the power, the power of the pod, uh, hit us up. The email address is the Al Galdi podcast at yahoo.com. Going to be very interesting to see what kind of a crowd that we have at FedEx Field for the 7-5-1 Commanders versus the 7-5-1 New York Giants this Sunday night on Sunday Night Football at 820. Uh, the Commanders for the 2022 regular season are dead last in the NFL, both in terms of average home attendance and percent capacity at home games. Uh, I actually expect a good crowd at FedEx Field on Sunday night, a crowd that is loud, a crowd that is actually cheering for the home team and not the opposing team. Uh, We'll see. Uh, But this was Commander's quarterback Taylor Heineke during his post-practice press conference on Wednesday afternoon on what kind of a crowd at FedEx Field he expects on Sunday night. Hopefully uh, we have more fans than Giants. I remember last year, the Thursday night game, uh, it was pretty much 50-50. So hopefully, you know, our guys come out uh, Sunday night and, and, and make some noise. So um, again, it'll be, it'll be a crazy atmosphere. And again, both of, our, both of our teams are fighting for a playoff spot. So it's going to be a big one. <laughs> that was great from Taylor Heineke. Hopefully we have more fans than the Giants have. <laughs> uh, true that, Tay-Tay, true that. Uh, This was Commander's head coach Rod Rivera during his post-practice press conference on Wednesday afternoon on the potential for a loud and good crowd at FedEx Field on Sunday night. I mean, that's what we need for them to to be there and to be loud and and be supportive. You know, we've worked to try and become relevant. We've worked to try and get their attention and their focus back on us. And to have, you know, the fan support out there, that would be awesome. It really would. And, and, and again, that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to show them and, 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 and earn their, their respect back that, you know, hey, we, we are doing everything we can to get going in the direction we want to be. And we want to play the type of football that will get them to come out and cheer for us. And that type of football would include another great performance by the Commander's defense. Uh, Five of the 12 Commander's players on Wednesday's injury report were defensive players. Uh, The most notable item, corner Benjamin St. Juice, a.k.a. The Juice, a limited participant in practice. Boy, would it be big for him to be back for this Sunday night. Uh, The Juice has been inactive for each of the commander's last two games due to a right ankle injury that he suffered in the win at the Houston Texans in week 11. Three commander's edge defenders were listed as limited participants in Wednesday's practice. Montez Sweat and James Smith-Williams each was listed as a limited participant in Wednesday's practice as he recovers from a concussion. And Chase Young, Uh, He was listed as a limited participant in Wednesday's practice as he recovers from his uh, torn right knee that was suffered in the win over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at FedEx Field on November 14th, 2021. Could it be, might it be, that Chase this Sunday night finally will make 
his 2022 season debut. Uh, how many weeks have we had this conversation? Uh, Ron Rivera on Wednesday afternoon on the thinking with Chase Young right now. First and foremost is, you know, you don't want to throw them out there and, and, and overuse them. So we most certainly got to be uh, very wary of what the pitch count will be. And it'll all be based on how he, how he practices and, and in terms of his preparation, get himself ready to go. But also, as you said, there's always that potential with him. He's, he's got the skill set. He's got the ability. You know, now we just got to make sure he's out there and, and, and ready to roll. Okay, that was Rod Rivera on Wednesday afternoon on Chase Young. Here was Chase himself. Here was the Predator himself uh, with reporters on Wednesday afternoon. I don't know. I guess I found that spot where I'm just trusting in God, trusting the process. I just found that median and, uh, you know, just taking my time. You know, when I'm, when I'm ready, I'm going to be ready. You know, I'm 23 years old, so I'm make sure I'm, I'm, make sure I'm good. <laughs> was there anything you did during the bye week to get over kind of whatever hurdle you've been kind of stuck Yeah, so the facility was closed Saturday and Sunday. I, I worked out Wednesday to Friday. I had like three work, four workouts, five workouts in two two days or something. So, you know, I'm staying on it. So know that it ain't, it ain't I'm working. So um, working and, and trusting the process, man. I can't, yeah. Coming back is one thing, but coming back to an environment where it's just going to be bananas the next four games. I mean, mentally, is the mental matchup with the physical right now? Yeah, see, that I'm not worried about that. When I'm on the field, I ain't really worried about football because I've been doing it my whole life. You know what I'm saying? The atmosphere, I don't know. Old State had a great atmosphere. I don't know if anything can match that. But uh, in terms of all that, I ain't, I ain't really tripped about none of it, man. I'm, I'm standing in my, this meeting I'm in and taking it slow, trusting my processes. You know, if they say tomorrow, I play tomorrow, you know what I'm saying? I play tomorrow. They say whenever, you know what I'm saying? But I'm just standing in this meeting and trusting the process. When you get back on the field, I know there may be a pitch count. They may get sooner mm. on the plate. And I know they want to take it easy, and you want to make sure that you're straight. But on the other hand... I see, yeah, yeah I, told, I told you, I said if I, you know... The game I pop out there, and if I'm on there and you, you, you sub me out and I say I'm good, then you know it's go time. So, yeah, y'all said it could happen. If I just depend on how I feel with everything, you just never know. Um, but, you know, depend on that game. But, uh, you know, yeah, right now, doing the same thing I'm doing, bro. Yeah. Have you thought about the moment when you see that and Man, I've been envisioning it a lot. I've been envisioning getting a sack. I've been envisioning getting in the backfield. You got to envision it before you do it. So I've been envisioning everything. Um, it start mental. Um, you know, everything start with ideas, you know, and, and, and in your head. So I've been doing a lot of that. All right. And we'll just see with Chase Young. There's no point in saying a lot more than that. I hope that he plays this Sunday night. I am rooting like crazy for the guy. But, you know, Chase in that extended cut that I just played for you. Did say some good things, but it's not like he's certain about playing this Sunday night. And I think that we've all learned not to assume anything uh, with him playing. Uh, Also on Wednesday, linebacker Jamin Davis, a full participant in practice. Uh, Ron Rivera, during his Zoom press conference on Tuesday afternoon, revealed that Jamin recently underwent a thumb procedure, but he should be fine. The commander's defense for this 2022 regular season through week 14 has the following rankings per Football Outsiders DVOA metric. Number nine in the NFL in total defense, number 14 in the NFL in pass defense, number four in the NFL in run defense. The commander's defense is having a really good season. 
as you likely know, uh, Ron Rivera was a player on one of the greatest defenses in NFL history, uh, the 1985 Super Bowl champion Chicago Bears defense. Uh, Ron was a linebacker for the Bears from 1984 through 1992. Uh, Ron, for the 85 Bears, played in all 16 of their regular season games. He didn't have any starts, but he did have an interception. He also had a five-yard fumble recovery for a touchdown. And actually, he did both of those things in the same game. Uh, The Bears' 37-17 win at the Detroit Lions in Week 16 of the 1985 season. Anyway, whether the defense of the 85 Bears is the greatest defense in NFL history can be debated, but there's no doubt that the defense of the 85 Bears is a legendary defense. Uh, You know, if you say 85 Bears, people know exactly what you're talking about. And so how about this? Ron Rivera on Wednesday afternoon got asked if he sees any similarities between the 2022 Commanders defense and the 1985 Bears defense. Here was Ron's answer. There are some things that, that, that do remind me, um, you know, some of the things like, you know, with, uh, I'll start with, you know, with Buddy Ryan. Buddy, Buddy spoke his mind, and, and that's what I get with Jack. Jack's honest up front, and he speaks his mind. I think that's cool. I think it's important for the players to know where they stand. Um, you sit there and you, you look at some of the personalities that we have on that defensive line, and, you know, Jonathan is, is, is it reminds me an awful lot of a, of a Dan Hampton type guy. He really does. He's, he's a tough hombre type guy. Uh, that's what you get with Jonathan. You get, you get that toughness. Um, you got a little bit of that gunslinger when you, you talk about Taylor and you compare that to Jimmy Mack in terms of personalities. I mean, it, you know, each team has its own personality and we got some guys with personalities. Yeah, the defense of the 2022 Commanders is not the defense of the 1985 Bears, okay? Let's make that clear. But the defense of the 2022 Commanders is a really good defense. I mean, the defense of the 2022 Commanders, to me, as things stand now, is one of the franchise's best defenses over the last 30 years. Uh, That is not at all an unreasonable thing to say. Uh, Something else that came up regarding the commander's defense during Rod Rivera's post-practice press conference on Wednesday afternoon was the benching of corner Kristen Holmes in the tie at the Giants in week 13. Uh, Kristen Holmes, the commanders took him in the seventh round of the 2022 NFL draft out of Oklahoma State. He, in the win over the Atlanta Falcons at FedEx Field in week 12, played on 96% of the commander's defensive snaps, despite having come into the game having played on a total of six defensive snaps for the Commanders in the 2022 regular season. But Holmes in the tie at the Giants in Week 13 played on 55% of the Commanders' defensive snaps as he got benched in favor of corner Danny Johnson. Uh, Now, if Benjamin St. Juice is back for this Sunday night's game against the Giants, it may be that we see little of Holmes and Johnson. But this was Ron Rivera on Wednesday afternoon on the benching of Christian Holmes. It's not all going to be clear sailing, and you're going to come across, you know, and understand that somewhere along the line there's going to be a bump, and 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 you know he did, he had a little bit of a bump. They picked on him a little bit, and um, you know he's got to understand now you're going to get an opportunity again when you got a response. How he handles it, how he deals with it, is what's going to help develop him as a football player. Um, you know, and we did talk to him afterwards just so he understood that you know this is hey this is this is what's going to happen. You're going to have good days, you're going to have bad days. Um, you know, one of the neat things is I, I know. 
Kendall Fuller talked to him a little bit too for us uh, on the side, just trying to get him to understand that that's all part of it. And if you get beat, you move on to the next one and just don't let it happen again. Yeah, good insight there from Rod Rivera on the benching of Christian Holmes. One of the best things about this commander season has been the very good play of three defensive backs who were day two slash day three picks in NFL drafts. Corner Benjamin St. Juice, Washington took him in the third round of the 2021 NFL draft. Uh, safety Cameron Curl, the Redskins took him in the seventh round of the 2020 NFL draft. And safety Derek Forrest, Washington took him in the fifth round of the 2021 NFL draft. Who knows what ultimately will happen with Kristen Holmes in his NFL career, but the commanders have demonstrated an aptitude for developing players, especially defensive backs. And it was interesting to hear Ron provide some insight on the benching of Kristen Holmes in what could be, uh, hopefully will be, a key part of his development. And speaking of development, uh, one of the bigger picture topics with this commander season that we've discussed on this podcast is whether what we're seeing, the commanders now being 6-1-1 one, and one, since their 1-4 start, is a sign that the Ron Rivera rebuild is working. Well, this was Ron Rivera on Wednesday afternoon on if he feels like the commander's run of 6-1-1 one, and one, is a sign that a foundation for sustained success has been established. Well, that's what we're hoping to get to. I mean, with 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 what's been happening with with our young players playing and contributing, you know, that helps. That that kind of tells you that we're heading in the right direction and with the right mix of veterans and you do feel like you have the type of foundation that you can sustain. Um, that's what we're hoping for. That's what we're trying to build. And and again, we got to continue with that. Um, but the more the young players get to play the last couple of years, including this year as well, uh, it's been very beneficial because that's that's where your core is going to come from. Because as they they develop and grow as as a group together, you know you can add from that point on, and and that's really kind of what we're hoping to do. And of course, only time will tell uh, if that's what the commanders end up doing. But there's a lot to be encouraged about with the team right now, especially on defense. Well, the Wizards on Wednesday night had game one of a season-long six-game road trip. Uh, The road, as you may know, has not been kind to the Wizards this season. Uh, The Wizards have been reeling overall, and the Wizards on Wednesday night continued to reel. Uh, The Wizards fell to 11-18 and with a 141-128 loss at the Denver Nuggets. Uh, The Wizards now are just 3-11 and on the road versus 8-7 and seven at home, and the Wizards now have lost 8 consecutive games and 11-12 games. Uh, as we have discussed on the podcast, the Wizards have been hit rather hard by injuries lately. Uh, the Wizards on Wednesday night were without Chris Damps Porzingis. Uh, he did not play due to lower back tightness. Also, Bradley Veal on Wednesday night missed a fifth consecutive game due to a right hamstring strain that he suffered in the Wizards' 130-119 loss to the Los Angeles Lakers at Capital One Arena on December 4th. Uh, Rui Hachimura on Wednesday night missed a 13th consecutive game due to right ankle soreness. And Delon Wright on Wednesday night remained out due to a grade two right hamstring strain that he suffered in a 120-99 win over the Detroit Pistons at Capital One Arena 
on October 25th. Now, former Nugget Monte Morris was back on Wednesday night. Uh, he returned from a two-game absence caused by left groin soreness, and he was good. Uh, Morris, in 27 minutes, 30 seconds as a starter, went 4-7 on threes, 3-4 on twos, and 2-3 on free throws. He finished with 20 points and 7 assists versus no turnovers. But what this Wizards loss at the Nuggets will be most remembered for is the Wizards' interior defense being an all-time embarrassment. And I'm not exaggerating when I say that. The Wizards on Wednesday night allowed the Nuggets to finish with 98 points in the paint. Not 98 points in the game, 98 points in the paint. Understand that a high total for points in the paint for a team in an NBA game is, say, 60. Like, if you give up 60 points in the paint, that's a lot of paint points to give up in a game. The Nuggets on Wednesday night finished with 98 points in the paint. This was the most points in the paint allowed by the Bullets slash Wizards in a game since at least the 1996-97 season, which is as far back as NBA.com tracks points in the paint. I'm surprised that the paint remained on the court with with how many points in the paint the Nuggets scored on Wednesday night. Uh, The Nuggets on Wednesday night in the paint went 49 of 64. 49 of 64. Uh, The Wizards got obliterated by Nikola Jokic. And yes, the Joker is one of the best players in the NBA. You know, you could make the case that he is the best player in the NBA. But geez, the Wizards got steamrolled by the Joker on Wednesday night. Jokic, in just 33 minutes, three seconds as a starter, had 43 points, 14 rebounds, eight assists, and five steals. He did commit eight turnovers. But Nikola Jokic on Wednesday night became the first player in NBA history to have at least 43 points, 14 rebounds, 8 assists, and 5 steals in a regular season game for as far back as we can track all of those stats. He went 0-2 on threes, but he went 17 of 18 on twos and 9 of 10 on free throws. You know, it's funny, the Wizards on Wednesday night held the Nuggets to just 4-16 on threes. The Wizards' three-point defense, which has been an issue for a good chunk of this season, was not an issue on Wednesday night, but the interior defense was a bit of a problem, uh, you might say. Uh, What's a shame is that a great offensive performance by the Wizards went to waste on Wednesday night. The Wizards were outstanding offensively on Wednesday night. I do want to make that clear. Uh, The Wizards on Wednesday night scored 128 points, went 19 of 39 on threes, and 29 of 52 on twos, finished with 40 assists, 
versus 14 turnovers. I mean, you had guys who did have some good offensive games on Wednesday night. Will Barton was good for a second consecutive game since he returned from injury. Barton on Wednesday night, 35 minutes, 43 seconds off the bench, four of eight on threes, uh, three of seven on twos, just four of seven on free throws. But he finished with 22 points and nine assists, uh, did commit five turnovers. Uh, Kyle Kuzma on Wednesday night, 35 minutes, 47 seconds as a starter, four of eight on threes, five of eight on twos. He did go just two of six on free throws, but he finished with 24 points, four assists versus three turnovers. Uh, Corey Kispert in 34 minutes, 38 seconds as a starter, four of six on threes, two of four on twos. He finished with 16 points and two assists versus no turnovers. So, you know, you had some good stuff happening offensively on Wednesday night, but yeah, the interior defense was a bit of a problem. Uh, free throw shooting was a problem too, as you just heard uh, with some of those individual stats in terms of free throws. Uh, the Wizards on Wednesday night went just 13 of 23 on free throws. The Nuggets went at 29 of 35 on free throws. Uh, things just are not going well for the Wizards right now. Next up for them, a back-to-back in Los Angeles this weekend. Uh, the Wizards are at the Los Angeles Clippers Saturday afternoon at 4 and then are at the Los Angeles Lakers Sunday night at 9.30. Well, Maryland, like the Wizards, had a 9 p.m. Eastern start for a game on Wednesday night and the Terrapins, like the Wizards, had a bad night on Wednesday night. Number 20 Maryland fell to 8-3 and three overall. With an 87-60 loss to number 16 UCLA at Xfinity Center in College Park, Maryland. Uh, this was a big game for the Terps, and they ended up losing by 27 points. Uh, the game was a complete disaster for Maryland. Uh, worst Terps loss ever at Xfinity Center, which opened in October 2002. The Terps on Wednesday night never led in the game, uh, trailed by 29 points at the half at 49-20, and trailed by at least 27 points for the entire second half. Uh, the Terps trailed by 38 points with less than six minutes left in the second half at 79-41. Uh, Maryland now has lost three consecutive games since an 8-0 start. Uh, December 6th, a 64-59 loss at Wisconsin. This past Sunday, December 11th, a 56-53 loss to then number 7 Tennessee at the Barclays Center in Brooklyn, New York in the Basketball Hall of Fame Invitational. And now Wednesday night, an 87-60 loss to number 16 UCLA at Xfinity Center. Uh, this has been a rough stretch of games for the Terps, uh, and they have gotten exposed to a degree. Uh, they're bad. Three-point shooting, big problem. Uh, turnovers have been a big problem as well. Uh, Maryland's defense has been good this season, but uh, quite clearly was not good on Wednesday night. Wednesday night was really ugly for the Terps. Uh, two stats to consider. The Terps got outscored in the paint 44-16. We just talked about the Wizards on Wednesday night, allowing the Nuggets to score 98 points in the paint. Well, Maryland on Wednesday night nearly got tripled up in terms of points in the paint 44-16. Uh, also, and I mentioned turnovers, uh, the Terps committed 16 turnovers to UCLA's four and had four points off turnovers to UCLA's 19. Uh, point guard Jameer Young 
terrible game for Maryland on Wednesday night. He has been good for the Terps. He was not good on Wednesday night. Uh, 24 minutes as a starter. He went 0-3 on threes and 0-5 on twos. He finished with three points and one assist versus five turnovers. Ian Martinez did go four or five on threes off the bench, but the rest of the Terps won a combined six of 22 on threes. Uh, also, Julian Reese got banged up. He was elbowed on a shoulder in the first half and was held out later in the game for precautionary reasons. Uh, just an overall hideous night for the Terps. Uh, here was Terps head coach Kevin Willard during his postgame press conference late night on Wednesday night. I, lo- I love this team, you know. This doesn't change anything. Every once in a while, you get your ass kicked. It's part of life. They'll bounce back. They've bounced back. So far, we've played good basketball. We'll get back to playing good basketball. It's having a little adversity right now. You can always email me, the Al Galdi podcast at yahoo.com. I, late night on Wednesday night, got this email from Michael King, who's a big Maryland fan, writes Michael, holy moly, Al, what was that? I'm at a loss to describe what I just saw. Uh, Email from Jerry Moore late night on Monday night. A team couldn't play worse (laughs) than my Terps versus UCLA. Incredibly embarrassing to the once proud program. Tough to recover any real respect after a home loss like this one. Very disappointing night. Yes, it was. (laughs) There is no denying that. There is no escaping that. Uh, That was a humiliating loss for Maryland on Wednesday night. Uh, The good news is that Maryland now does get some much-needed time off. Uh, Maryland's next game is a home game against St. Peter's, but that game isn't until Thursday evening, December 22nd at 6.30. And that will do it for you and me for now. Keep the feedback coming. You can tweet me at Al Galdi. You can email me, the Al Galdi podcast at yahoo.com. Friday show, episode 465, will feature in-depth preview of the biggest regular season game at FedEx Field in years. Are you ready, my friends? The 7-5-1 Commanders versus the 7-5-1 New York Giants on Sunday Night Football at 8-20. I will have the latest on injuries for the Commanders. Uh, We expect post-practice press conferences from offensive coordinator Scott Turner and defensive coordinator Jack Del Rio on Thursday, so we should have their comments to discuss. A welcome on Nick Filato, uh, co-host of the Big Blue Banter podcast, which is an all-22 film-based pod about the Giants to give us a breakdown of the G-Men. Uh, I will provide my rhyming keys for a commander's win in this most important game, and I'll give you a prediction for the game. Uh, also on Friday's show, I'll talk Capitals. So the Caps are home to the Dallas Stars Thursday night at 7 with the great 8 winger Alex Ovechkin looking to tie the great Gordie Howe for the second most regular season goals in NHL history at 801. Heck, the way that Ovi's going, he may pass Howe on Thursday night. Have a great rest of your Thursday, and I'll talk to you on Friday. Hopefully uh, we have more fans than the Giants. I remember last year, the Thursday night game, uh, it was pretty much 50-50. So hopefully, you know, our guys come out uh, Sunday night and, and, and make some noise. So, um, again, it'll be, a, it'll be a crazy atmosphere. And, again, both of, a, both of our teams are fighting for a playoff spot. So it's going to be a big one. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? 
Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.